Hello, financial feminists. Hello. Okay, you saw this title and you're like, I hate it. I get it. I know. You're like, we're talking life insurance? Yes. Okay. We <laughs> we don't like to think we'll ever need life insurance. We life insurance is like it's the thing that you do in murder mysteries to make sure that you like you you know definitely you definitely didn't kill your husband, but you need the life insurance policy. That's what I think of at least. And then I also think of death because of course. And you're like, I don't want to talk about that today. I need you to want to talk about it because it's not about people dying. It's about protecting your loved ones. And that is truly one of the greatest gifts you can give someone. In a previous life, in my corporate job, I worked for a company that was talking about wills and trusts and life insurance, and no one wanted to discuss it. It's kind of like money, right? No one wanted to talk about it. However, I saw firsthand just how much suffering and grief and just like really shitty things people went through when they didn't have all of this in place or when they at least weren't willing to learn and talk about it. But we are talking about it today in a really accessible way and with no misinformation. I get so many comments on Instagram and TikTok. And you've seen these videos about people trying to sell indexed universal life insurance or whole life insurance. And they say, oh, you need to use your life insurance as an investment. And oh, Roth IRAs are stupid. And like, I need to say this at the top of the episode. Indexed universal life insurance is a scam. It is not a good investment vehicle. You will pay thousands or more to literally just line an agent's pocket. They are there selling you an indexed universal life insurance policy, an IUL policy, not for your benefit, but to make money. There are so many ways to invest, and this one is just not a good one. But life insurance is a good one. Things like term life insurance, and we're going to talk about all of these things in the episode. Usually solo episodes are just me, but we wanted to bring in an expert today to shed a little extra light on the ins and outs of life insurance. So today we are joined by Jeanette from Ladder, who is an affiliate partner we've worked with for years to talk about why you need life insurance, what you should look for in a plan, and to answer some of our audience's biggest questions on this often shied away from topic. Please don't skip this episode. I know it sounds boring. It's not boring. In fact, it's really important for your financial life to protect your family, your loved ones. So let's go ahead and get into it. And now, a word from our sponsors. Where are you in the world right now? Where are you at? Right now, I am in California, live in North Hollywood. I just moved from Chicago like less than a year ago. So new to the West Side. How do you like it? I love it so far. I mean, it, it was so different at first because it's obviously super different from like a condensed city. It's super spread out. But once I started getting used to that, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I see myself living here a long time. Obviously, there's downtown LA, but there's no real like city center in Los Angeles, which is like very bizarre. Even to, yeah, like I live in Seattle. I love New York. Like and then I visited LA and I like it's a very hard city for me to comprehend <laughs> just because it's so spread out. Yeah. No, for sure. And then you find like cool pockets of neighborhoods, but there's not, yeah, like there's no centralized downtown. So, and you have to drive. So you, you're no, you're not walking. You can't walk. Yeah. Girl, I didn't have a, I didn't have a car for like the first couple months. I'm like, mm, gotta get a car. You're Ubering. Were you Ubering everywhere? Public transport? Oh, yeah. Or- it, was, it was horrid. It was horrid. There's like, well, there is no like public transport. Like in Chicago, like we had the L, we had buses, but here there's like, a few buses that go to like the randomest places. So there you go. Hard to get around if you don't have a car and even hard to get around in a car. Oh yeah. In Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, 
can you tell me a bit about yourself and how you started with Ladder? Definitely. Yeah. So like I was saying, back in Chicago, my job, like right after the pandemic was I was working at like a residential home for adults with disabilities. So developmental disability, intellectual disability. And I loved it. And I love obviously helping people and, and chatting with people, but my hours were like, pretty wacky. So I was chatting with my sister and she had just started working at Ladder doing business development. And she was like, hey, there's actually an opening on the outreach team. I know you like helping people. I know you like talking. So it might be a great fit. And I, yeah, I interviewed with them. I met with the team and I just like fell in love with the people and the culture and it all worked out. And then I became a fully licensed agent. So I'm a licensed life insurance agent now. That's amazing. Okay. So we hear... The words life insurance, just as a person walking through the world, you hear the words life insurance all the time. But I think very few people could actually define what that is. So in layman's terms, can you define what life insurance is and what it usually covers or doesn't cover? Definitely. Yes. So basically, life insurance is a contract between you and a life insurance company. So if you're paying your premiums, it could be like monthly, annually, you're paying your premium. So in the event that you pass away, life insurance company would pay a death benefit to your beneficiaries. Covering and not covering, it's kind of like dependent on each company, each contract. But at Ladder, we cover most natural and accidental death. And then we have two exclusions, which is suicide within the first two years. And then the second is any instances of fraud. So you're relying about your identity or misrepresentation on the application. So in that way, just like be as honest on your application as possible. And yeah, that's that's like kind of the basic. Does that kind of make sense? Is that yeah. track? Yeah. And I think one of the things that even I feel in my own body and that I think a lot of listeners are immediately feeling is words like accidental death and suicide and life insurance just in general is kind of a scary concept. And I don't know if you know this, I worked at a company that partnered with Ladder and that's how I discovered you all. I was running marketing for a fintech company before taking HFK full time. And so I've actually been working with you all for a very long time. And one of the things we were discussing when I worked at that company was like, how do you make a super uncomfortable, really sticky, often very tragic topic, something that people think about. Even even though it's like very uncomfortable at times to think about a loved one dying or yourself dying. What had happened, and we heard unfortunately horror stories, is that people who were typically young and healthy who, you know, had a a partner who was financially dependent on them or family members, like children who were financially dependent on them, something horrible would happen, like a ski accident or a heart attack that just came out of nowhere. And what ended up happening is this, this reality that, of course, is really difficult to face was even harder because they had no protection for, you know, this, this thing that unfortunately, you know, tragically happened. So I imagine you experienced some sort of like friction and getting people to even think about this. Can we talk a bit about that, like discomfort? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially even like before I got into it, I was like, I don't know if I want to work in life insurance. I don't know if I want to talk about like mortality. It's like so morbid. It's so much nicer now when you think about it, like life insurance really is like the most selfless product because you're paying for something that you are not directly going to benefit from, which is, I mean, what like a beautiful thing. So if you're just like thinking about life insurance or like on the fence or just like you're in that arena, you've already done like a courageous act of thinking about mortality, which is like so hard. So just 
like reminding like people that I talk to on the day, like reminding them of that you're on the right track. And this is something, like you said, accidents happen constantly. And you always think it's not going to be me. It's not going to be a loved one, but in reality, like it could be. So just having that like safety net, having something like that is like so important. But yeah, I get that friction sometimes. They're like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about this. I get a lot of people who like apologize to me. They're like, I'm so sorry we have to talk about this. I'm like, it's my job. Like, I'm happy too. I think one thing too, for me that I have used to like wrap my head around life insurance is yes, it does feel like a bigger deal because it is death, but I have insurance or hopefully people have insurance for other aspects of your life, right? Like I have car insurance. I got in a car accident last year. It wasn't my fault. It happened. It was not fun. Would have been way less fun <laughs> without yeah, if you didn't way- have that. Right. It would have been so much worse or renter's insurance, right? Or homeowner's insurance, or even a lot of my friends have pet insurance of like their pet gets sick. And it's like, for me, it's, yes, it feels more significant and weighted. But if you can get to the point where, yeah, I have insurance for everything else, this totally makes sense that I have insurance here, especially to your point where this isn't going to impact me at all. Actually, it's going to impact though, the people that I want to protect and the people I love most. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's just like exactly synonymous to like card insurance or like homeowner's insurance. Just paying for that protection and just knowing that something is in place is actually going to make you feel better than not having it at all. In my, it's my experience. So when should somebody consider getting life insurance? Is it when they're starting to make money, when they get married, when they have kids? Like what, what is that like life milestone or life milestones that we have to point to or get to point to to say, okay, this is probably a good time? Yeah. I mean, th- there's a few things. I mean, for to start off, the younger you are, the more affordable it will be. So if you're even thinking about having any financial liabilities, like any mortgage, any debts, any children to get through college. If you're starting to like plan out those things, you might as well get it now when you are young and like you do, you hopefully don't have a ton of health issues so that you lock it in and you have it for when like you need it the most. But yeah, those are like kind of the things that I would say are kind of important to think about to make sure that those things are covered should something happen to you. Cause yeah, you don't really know what health changes could happen in the future, happen after you get the policy. So once you get it, it's yours. And you don't have to like reach back out, be like, hey, I have this thing now. Like once it starts, it starts and you're like covered. How so, much yeah. coverage do you think the average person needs or how is that calculated? Yeah. So a good rule of thumb is like 10 times your annual salary. But there also is Ladder has like a life insurance calculator. So if you, if the, I think it's like ladderlife.com slash calculator. And link it down below too. Thank you. I think it'll calculate your mortgage balance, debt balance, your income. If you currently have life insurance, like if you have anything through work and what's the last one, how much you have in savings. So all of those combined, if you kind of input those in ladder will generate something in like the ballpark of what you should be applying for. You could always do more or less, but it does give a good like baseline. Oh, this is kind of the amount I should be aiming for towards. So this might be too niche a question. But actually, I've been meaning to reach out to you guys because I don't have anybody dependent on me. I don't have children. I don't have a spouse. But I have a business that is very dependent on me. And if I were to hit hit by a bus tomorrow, I don't know how that business continues to run in the same way. I imagine I need life insurance. How does that work? Is that a thing? Is that a question that you get asked? Because I'm thinking like, 
it wouldn't affect like family, at least not financially, but it would deeply financially affect the business that I'm running. A hundred percent. Yeah. You can make your beneficiary the company or like you can like change up who like the beneficiary would be. But yeah, that's a great example of someone that doesn't have like quote, have those like liabilities that I mentioned, but has something that is dependent on them that aren't those things. So yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, you, you can have that. Right. Even if you don't have a huge team or maybe you just have one person or yeah, your business, maybe your business, you have somebody else reliant on the business besides just you for their income, for their, you know, their living. That might be a really interesting way to get life insurance, which means I need to add that to my to-do list. All right. Okay. We have so many questions about term life versus other kinds of life insurance, whole life, universal life insurance. I have been very public that I don't support and don't believe in life insurance as an investment. I largely think that's kind of a scam. And Ladder only offers term life. What does that mean? And why is that a a good thing? Or why is that the most popular option for people? For sure. Yeah. So term life, the term is the amount of time that the policy is in effect for. So let's say you have like a 20-year term with like 300K in coverage. If you pass away within that 20 years, that 300K would be paid to your beneficiaries. The kind of like milestone or like the keystone for term life is that it is the most cost effective because you're only using it for this amount of time. And yeah, it's just like, that's like the biggest component. Whereas with whole life, it lasts, it's permanent. So it does last your whole life, but those can be anywhere from like four to 10 times more expensive. And like you said, there is like a cash value component and like investment component. But yeah, I guess on the opposite end of that, a lot of our clients think it's kind of a more lucrative option to get term life and then invest what they would have spent with whole life because then they have that like control over it. They, you know, can do what they please with that rather than investing with the insurance company. That's kind of how we see it working out the best. And that's what Ladder focuses most on. And we'll do a whole separate episode about this. But one of the questions I get commonly on TikTok is there's so many people talking about index universal life insurance as investment vehicles and people asking me if it's a good idea. The long story short answer to that is no, it's not a good idea. We'll, we'll link it. Yeah, we will link a, we'll link an article about how basically it's a scam and how you're about to lose a ton of money if you invest in that, especially in foregoing other investments. But I, we always say at HFK that like, Life insurance should be used for insurance. Investing accounts are used for investing. <laughs> like That's what they're used for. You want to invest in life insurance because you want to protect those you love rather than using them as an investment vehicle. What should you look for in a life insurance policy? And what kind of signs can you look for for a good policy versus a bad policy? For sure. Yeah. So good pricing good financial ratings, good reviews. Those are all things to kind of be on the lookout for. Transparency, just knowing what you're paying for and is it flexible? That's something that Ladder like greatly appreciates. I guess when you're looking at what's being added on to the policy, like Ladder also doesn't offer any riders to our policies, things like chronic illness or spousal children's riders. Although they like kind of sound nice on the outside, they're adding complications onto your policy and also adding on to the cost. So something that's like straightforward. The person who put in the application is the insured. Bada big, bada boom.
Okay, so a lot of our listeners are younger, single, maybe newly partnered, but not legally partnered. So they may not own homes or have as much to cover when it comes to life insurance. How do you plan for adjustments as your income rises or you reach milestones like buying a home or having children? How do you adjust your plan accordingly? Totally. Yeah. There is, luckily with Ladder, that is basically what Ladder is all about. It's the flexibility and like a streamlined process. So if you have a 600K policy and you decide in a couple of years, some of your mortgage is paid off, some of your debts are paid off. If you have children, maybe they're more like financially independent now. You can go into your profile and decrease the amount of coverage that you have and then save money on premiums in that way. Or on the opposite end, if you wanted to apply for more coverage, you can do that through your profile as well. So because, I mean, our lives are so, we know with the last couple of years, especially, our lives are so ever-changing. It almost seems wild for a policy not to have that flexibility as well. So just to like keep that policy intact, but also have that um, security knowing that it can be changed without having to go through a bunch of paperwork and figuring out like the timeline of how it's going to be approved. With Ladder, we really do try and make it as seamless as possible just to make sure that that flexibility is there. Who is somebody that doesn't need life insurance? You're like, everybody needs it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In a sense, yeah. I guess if you're like, you're really sitting there and you're, you're looking inwards and you're thinking about like your financial planning. If you plan on not having any financial liabilities, like kids are not in your future, no mortgage, no debts. Yeah, that could, that could totally, maybe the product's not for you, which like totally makes sense. Or I guess if you're older and like approaching retirement and you have like an, an egg, like things for that, then maybe the product also might not be the best for you either. But I, yeah. I mean, I think of like my parents who are the most financially responsible people I know and don't have debt. They paid off their mortgage, but you like still have life insurance because it's like protection in there. And I remember in my work at the fintech company I was at too, there was a lot of conversation about how actually non-compensated working parents, so stay-at-home parents, actually could really use life insurance as well. And I think they often get left out of the conversation because it's often the, you know, the parent who is going to work and getting compensated for their labor. But if, you know, your your stay-at-home partner or your stay-at-home parent passes away, uh, what is the cost of, you know, of raising children, of upkeeping the home? And again, all of this is a little morbid and and like very much condenses all of these like complicated things into this person dies then what? But it's it's interesting to think about like that you know as much as we we need to protect the compensated working parent the non-compensated working parent is doing just as much labor sometimes even more valuable labor and you know could you know it, it's one of those situations where it's actually interesting to consider you know life insurance for both partners yeah i i think this was even a few years ago but the estimated costs like or contributions to a stay at home parent was like 115,000 per year Right. So if you're looking at your annual, like 10 times your annual salary, I mean, that's, I mean, there you go. But I, that was even a few years ago. It could totally be more now, but it was around the ballpark of 115 K. Yeah. I think right. So with too. inflation and daycare costs and all of that. Right. Yeah. 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 
And so I think that that's a conversation and that's something I wanted to highlight in talking to you that, you know, I didn't think about prior to starting to learn more about life insurance of like, oh, it's the person if there is, you know, two people in a relationship and one is has a more traditional job. Oh, it's that one you need to protect and it, with a policy. It's also, I think, the non-compensated working parent who, you know, is very much doing a ton of labor that, of course, non-compensated, but in a way that, you know, you would have to hypothetically pay for if that person wasn't working. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that people also sometimes forget about is if you're like taking care of elder, like older parents, if they have like, like older family members that they're taking care of, like maybe like elder care, that's another thing to think of too. So if your income were to disappear, would they be covered too? Like, are they going to be okay? So that's another thing that I feel like even sometimes when I'm talking with users, I forget about that point. But also you don't want to ask like, who are you taking care of? <laughs> but like, you just like ask them like, who's depending on you? Like, where's like, if you, if your income were to disappear, who would be affected? Yeah. Right. And even in 2022, you know, we know that women are still largely the caregivers, both to children as well as to ailing family members. And it's a huge reason why a lot of women leave the workforce either temporarily or permanently because they're, they're caregiving. And yeah, to your point, I mean, we know the cost of, of either daycare or something like a nursing home or at-home hospice care or something like that. It's it's incredibly expensive. And so, you know, I think revamping or at least rethinking how we how we think about protecting people in our lives with policies in the same way that, yeah, we want to protect the people who are who are also doing labor. It just might not be compensated labor. Totally. Yes. Couldn't agree more. My last question for you. What would you say to somebody who's on the fence about whether or not they need life insurance? Yeah, kind of going back to my original like kind of tangent. If you're thinking about it at all, you're already on the right track. Yeah, you're it's always going to be the most affordable right now, so kind of just look at what your future holds and just like have a moment with yourself or with people that depend on you that say like, yeah, it's important to have that basic life insurance in place to like protect your family should like an unexpected death occur. So yeah, just kind of think a little bit deeply about your future for a hot second and congratulate yourself for thinking about it and, you know, getting those, those hard topics out into the ether and figuring out how you can best help the ones that you love. Thank you. This has been so helpful. It's one of the questions we get most frequently. We have our we have our link to ladder down below. Where else can people go to learn more about life insurance, about their different options? Feel free to plug away. Yeah, I mean, ladder has a huge help desk of like questions and FAQs. Also, our service team is like unmatched. They're so incredible and yeah, that's help at ladderlife.com if you have any questions about that. If you put an application and you're to get an offer, then an outreach associate like me or one of my colleagues will reach out and say like, how can we best help you in your journey so that you have like a confident and like clear perception of what you're buying and how we can like best facilitate that. So yeah, everyone on our team is always willing to help. We have our help desk. And yeah, I mean, also if you want to do like supplemental research, do a couple of Google searches and do like a couple of reading, like just like doing the due diligence of looking at a couple other options and then feeling out what you think is best. I'll plug ladder just a little bit more too, but like we have non-commissioned agents. So if you talk to any of us or like anyone on my team, I'm not like, you know, pushing you to get this because I want 
to sell you something, I am pushing you to get it because I truly and earnestly think it's goal for your financial planning and your financial future. So yeah. And like I was saying before, too, there's plenty of people on social media, especially that are pushing life insurance policies and like trust your gut. Like life insurance, again, should be for life insurance, in my opinion, not for an investment. And there's so many studies and research that shows that you actually lose money if you're trying to use them as investment vehicles. And if, again, if your gut's going off, your gut's going off for a reason. And so, yeah, I've, I've been working with you all, oh gosh, since like 2018. And so it's just... Yeah, so helpful to to be able to yeah get some expertise and to have you on the show. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for all the work you guys do. Honestly, like I love reading through your stuff. I love listening to the podcast. It's helped me immensely. So yeah, it's um I appreciate you having me on and and listening to some morbid talk, but also some important talk. Thank you again to Jeanette for joining us. You can learn more about Ladder and their offerings at the link in our show notes below. And this episode, more than any, is like a perfect one to share, especially maybe with your partner who you've been thinking about life insurance with, your parents, just people in your life who have sent you the TikTok about IUL and been like, question mark, this is a great episode to send their way. Thank you for joining us. And please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. You know the drill if you're enjoying the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support of this show and this mission. And we'll catch you later, Financial Feminist. Thank you for listening to Financial Feminist, a Her First 100K podcast. Financial Feminist is hosted by me, Tori Dunlap, produced by Kristen Fields, marketing and administration by Karina Patel, Sharice Wade, Alina Helzer, Paulina Isaac, Sophia Cohen, Valerie Oresco, Jack Koning, Khalil Dumas, Elizabeth McCumber, Beth Bowen, and Amanda LaFew. Research by Ariel Johnson, audio engineering by Austin Fields, promotional graphics by Mary Stratton, photography by Sarah Wolf, and theme music by Jonah Cohen Sound. A huge thanks to the entire Her First 100K team and community for supporting the show. For more information about Financial Feminist, Her First 100K, our guests, and episode show notes, visit financialfeministpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Financial Feminist Podcast. <laughs>